0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take you inside the making of TT's 2022 Top 100 higher Carriers list which we just published on June 20th, both in print and online at ttnews.com. This Top 100 list is one of our flagship products at Transport Topics. Each year, we compile data on the largest 4 hire trucking companies in North America and produce an annual Top 100 ranking based on full-year revenue. The publication also includes updated information on each company's equipment, leadership, business units and service offerings. In addition to the main Top 100 list, we produce separate industry sector rankings that list the largest companies in each segment of the trucking industry, from dry van truckload to refrigerated, flatbed, intermodal, parcel delivery, and more. To discuss how we put this all together, I'm going to bring in my colleague, Marissa Gamash, Features Coordinator at Transport Topics. Thanks for joining us, Marissa.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Seth. I'm really happy to be here.
1: So just to kick things off here, I'd like to ask you to walk our listeners through the process of assembling the Top 100. This is a really big uh, project at TT. It's months in the making. You know, it starts with the carrier surveys uh, we send out, and you know, it involves a lot of compilation of information from different sources, and then finally releasing our updated ranking. So, just walk us through that whole process.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, we we get started on this. It's kind of a year-round thing in terms of keeping our ear to the ground on. The biggest companies out there, and the the mergers and acquisitions that are going on. So we really are trying to keep our um, keep our eyes out for stuff that will peak interest come springtime when we really get ready to put this publication together. So we really start off with that institutional knowledge and build by um, sending out a survey to all of our contacts and just trying to get as much information as we can. Um, you know, looking at revenues for these companies and you know how many tractors and trailers that they're running. Um, for For the latest year um, asking companies kind of what they're they're up against in in the current climates and through those surveys we work to rank um, companies from you know largest revenue to smallest Um, filling in the holes along the way we we use sec information and really comb through those 10ks for those publicly traded companies that are on our list to um, ensure that we have a well-rounded representation of the four higher companies that are out there We then use that information and kind of partner with SJ Consulting to see where maybe some holes are in our sector lists to ensure that we really get those parsed out revenues. Um, that really helps us give a, a full view of what a company has to offer as opposed to just a top 100 ranking. There's a lot of smaller companies out there that deserve an opportunity to be on a list, but unfortunately they don't make that top 100. So our sector lists are a great opportunity to highlight that revenue for those companies. And so once we pull that together, you know, we we work with our team in-house to to ensure accuracy and then we get it ready for, for rollout online. And that's kind of, you know, Something that we we pride ourselves on, and look forward to the opportunity to share that with you. And you know, now that it's now that it's out there, we're just um, we're just really proud of what's been been done. And there's always little tweaks here and there, but um, really we we rely heavily on on companies for their buy in in the beginning and participation. And it's just a lot of back and forth communication to ensure that we get to the finish line.
1: Well, that's certainly uh, the case. There's there's so many calls and emails and back and forth. Uh, to to really put a finer point on some of these numbers and you know I, I think we can be very proud of the, of the product we finally uh, release each year uh, and, and it certainly is a, a point of pride for a lot of the companies that that do appear on the top 100 list uh, especially if they're a, a newer company that, that's made the list maybe for the first time you know something that it you know, can be you know really seen as an accomplishment for the growth of, of a company and and really uh, you know landing on, on one of the Premier lists and publications that covers the industry, and you know you're you're very much on the radar once you are a top 100 company. You know you are you are among you know, maybe you're not the biggest, but you are among the very large companies that are moving North America's freight via truck. So uh, with that, I'd like to to dive into this year's rankings a little bit. You know, Marissa, I'll eventually uh, turn this over to you for your observations, but I'll start with a few thoughts of my own. Uh, Of course, just starting at the top here, it comes as no surprise that UPS and FedEx are number one and two by a wide margin. That's, you know, didn't take any uh, rocket science involved to to predict that. But, you know, looking a little bit further down the list, you'll see LTL carrier XBO Logistics is still there at number three, uh, despite a lot of changes going on in that company. Of course, XBO spun off its contract logistics business last year, and they also plan to split off their freight brokerage operations later this year. Uh, so a lot of changes, but you know, was, of course, a very large LTL carrier, and uh, is currently number three uh, on the top 100. Uh, the rest of the top five is also unchanged. You have uh, intermodal and trucking company J.B. Hunt uh, is at number four, and uh, Canadian trucking conglomerate TFI International is there at number five. And, of course, as uh, you'll recall, TFI really expanded its LTL operations last year uh, through its purchase of UPS's freight division. Uh, So that was a big change that we uh, indicated last year. And once again, that shows up on this year's list with TFI in our top five. You know, one company that did make a pretty significant move up the list this year was Landstar System. You know, they're up three spots to number six this year uh, with 58% revenue growth uh, in 2021. Uh, So it was a banner year for for lots of trucking companies, but, uh, you know, certainly the case at Landstar with uh, growth at that level. Uh, of course, Landstar operates through a, a network of independent owner operators and uh, freight brokerage agents. So they're a little bit of a different business model than some of the other companies in the list. Uh, and then uh, some interesting new names uh, further down the list. So if you look down at uh, number 74, uh, Quantix Supply Chain Solutions is a, a dry bulk and liquid chemical carrier. Uh, it was previously known as AR Logistics uh, before they rebranded as Quantix last year. So that's a a company that had been on the list before, but now under a new name. And we also have 10 new companies that joined the top 100 this year. Um, One example of that is uh, number 82, Dependable Supply Chain Services. It's a Los Angeles-based provider of LTL and truckload transportation, uh, also warehousing and logistics services. Uh, Some other uh, newcomers to the list are Leonard's Express, Western Flyer Express, BMAC Trucking, New Legend Inc., Oak Harbor Freight Lines, uh, Transervice Logistics has been on in the past, is back on the list now, Arter Express, Pascal Truck Lines, and uh, Paper Transport, Inc. just cracks the list at number 100. And then uh, one notable departure that I'll mention uh, from this year's top 100 is Central Freight Lines, you know, an LTL carrier that shut down late last year after nearly a century in business. So they were number 98 a year ago, but of course are no longer on the list uh, since uh, closing their doors. Uh, with that, uh, Marissa, I'd like to hear some of your takeaways from this year's list. You know, when you put this all together and you look back on it, uh, what are some of the companies and, and ranking changes that really stand out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you you touched on a lot of the large ones out there. Um, I think there's a lot of these mid-range companies that are, are getting really close to that one billion mark. Um, number 42, uh, Bennett International Group. For, for a company of their size, you know I just think that they saw some really great growth. you know they grew over 44% and now they're just shy of 1 billion. Um, so where they're sitting, I mean they, they were able to jump um, comfortably from 54 to 42 this year and I think you know that has a lot to do with the different acquisitions and business models but if you look right below them as well we've got IMC companies and they saw 118 percent growth again just getting them just shy of that one billion at 983 million. Mm-hmm. IMC went from number 72 last year to 43 this year. So I think a lot of these middle range companies that have, you know, they are large, don't get me wrong, but they've really been cornering the market on what they do best and it's paying off. And I mean IMC companies really focuses on intermodal and drayage. And as we've seen the last year, that has been a hot spot for freight and just a really, really, um, aggressive market. Um, so you know, coming in at number 43, while a huge growth, um, not surprising. Uh, I did want to note, you know, number 66 this year, um, Heartland express, you know, they're a, they're a publicly traded company out there and they actually shrunk. You know, they dropped almost 6% um, and they went from number 56 on the list last year to 66. And you know, I don't know exactly what was going on with that. Um, you know, I looked into their 10K and stuff, and I mean, every company has has good years and bad years. I think it's you know not as normal to see a drop in revenue for a lot of these companies with how strong um, 2021 was for them. But uh, I did want to note that because you know a lot of these companies are pushing up on the list as opposed to dropping down, and um, I did just want to say like. A little little inconsistent with that, but um, I have no doubt that they'll pull up and I mean their their net income grew. so you kind of have to leverage those two together and see that there's there might be a little bit of a less uh, total net revenue, but they're doing something right. So that's kind of where I've seen in terms of top 100 companies really cornering in on that middle market has been um, interesting for me.
1: From time to time, an issue commands so much of the industry's attention that it requires a deeper dive, a resource readers can turn to, a Transport Topic Special Report. We're turning our attention to another big issue, electrification and the key factors that will drive this industry trend. In every case, we're working to provide our readers with information, analysis, and clarity on key issues confronting fleets. One comprehensive resource packed with insights that can give you the edge. Transport Topics invites you to learn more about our special reports. To reserve your copy of the latest special report, visit ttn.ws forward slash electrification. As you mentioned, you know, really across the board, we've seen the, the overwhelming majority of these companies have have really increased their, their revenue um, you know, over the course of uh, 2021. Uh, which is the the time frame that we're examining the full, for full year revenue for for these rankings, but it's not across the board. You know, different companies face different um, operational challenges, uh, so you know every company situation is a, a you know a little bit unique. Um, you know, I should mention again that the the full top 100 uh, list, you know, as well as the industry sector lists, are available online now at ttnews.com. Uh, so if you're hearing about it for the first time on this podcast, do be sure to check it out uh, and you can even follow along and, uh, and check out the, the rankings as you listen. So you know, as we were putting this publication together, you know, I mentioned this earlier, but it really did strike me just how much uh, revenue growth we saw across the industry. You know, freight demand, of course, was really strong last year during the economic rebound from the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, capacity was extremely tight for, for quite a while. So in that environment, large trucking companies generally were able to raise rates, and in many cases, you know, they increased driver pay significantly you know, on the strength of those rate increases. And you know, when you skim through our top 100 list, if you check the, um, you know, the, the revenues uh, column as well as the, you know, the profit column, net income, you generally see growth. You generally see pretty significant growth. Um, so Marissa, just what are your thoughts on the the business conditions for trucking companies last year, uh, based on some of that information that we've, we've published alongside our, our top 100 rankings?
2: Yeah, Seth, I think business conditions were really good. And I think that they were strong, um, specifically, I mean, we'll get into sectors later, but really strong in the, uh, the dedicated and truckload sector, as well as the intermodal and drayage. When I was really looking in at the companies that have a, an innate focus in those areas. Um, they came out, I think the best, um, for the year. I think a lot of suppliers were looking for consistent, you know, consistency across the board and being able to hone in on those two areas meant, um, you know, pushing, pushing forward and having a successful year, despite the fact that things were so tight. So when I, when I'm looking at these companies, I mean, much like when we were looking earlier in the year at logistics, this was another year of, of banner growth. And I think, um, you know, despite the fact that there is still a, a really tight market on drivers and the driver shortage is definitely still prevalent out there more than ever, um, companies I think are settling in and figuring out the tools that need to be implemented to keep These drivers up and running, and to keep them with the company. And like you said, you know, driver pay has made some great steps in the last year. And I think the companies that we see on this top one hundred that focused on driver incentives and driver-based, you know, um, pushes reaped the rewards. You know, they were paid um, probably twice fold because of those those moves. In terms of overall business condition for last year, I, I just, yeah, I think. Anyone looking at the numbers in our top 100, um, you, you don't get 40% growth on a, just a regular year. So when we're looking at companies where anywhere from you know five to 40% is normal, and dare I say 20 plus was you know a very average number. Um, yeah, I'd like to be running a trucking company if I were them. So um, I just think that um, overall, you know, we had some shining lights. But business was strong, and I think companies were really realizing um, what it what it took to get strength. And I think that there's going to be a good amount of momentum into this year. But as we uh, fast forward to twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, I think it it starts to get more crystal bally.
1: Uh, for sure, and you know, it's always a lot easier to, to look back than it is to look forward. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think that your point on, on drivers was, uh, was a, a very important one. Uh, you know, the real struggle was, uh, workforce development. Uh, if you're a large fleet operation, uh, yes, there's been some challenges in the supply chain with, uh, you know, equipment, you know, getting, you know, new trucks and trailers that you've ordered, and maybe you're waiting longer because of some of the, you know, parts shortages and, uh, semiconductor shortages that the manufacturers are dealing with, but, you know, the, the true constraint on capacity has been, uh, drivers, uh, for the most part. And, you know, the fleets really did pull out all the stops trying to make the jobs as attractive as possible for, uh, for their drivers, you know, to keep the drivers who were in place and also, uh, recruit some new ones. And, and, you know, that that's a, a real challenge, um, is what I heard, you know, really across the industry, especially in the you know long haul, you know, over the road. Uh, truckload. is a, just a really tough uh, uh, job to fill. Uh, but we've seen, you know, just a, a laser focus on that, you know, from, you know, the the most successful fleets. And uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. You know, that's, that's still, you know, a, a key issue for the industry moving forward. Um, and yes, of course, last year was really a banner year for the trucking industry uh, in terms of you know, the business environment and You know that's uh, started to turn uh, potentially uh, somewhat this year. Certainly in the in the spot market, we saw uh, the spot market certainly has uh, you know cooled off to say the least. Uh, You know in the uh, contract rates side, it's uh, held up much better. Um, But of course there is you know some lingering uh, economic uncertainty out there um, with inflation, high levels of inflation, and some other question marks about uh, the global economy as well, um, uh, international conflicts and, and continued uh, supply chain issues, you know, with uh, uh, more fallout from the pandemic. So um, perhaps the, the road ahead is not as clear, but uh, certainly looking back, uh, we can appreciate just how, you know, good a year 2021 was for trucking. You know, another trend I wanted to talk about on this podcast is, Uh, mergers and acquisitions. And, you know, that's been a trend, you know, really for for years now, but we've continued to see more examples of that in the past year. So one of the high-profile changes reflected on this year's list is two regional e-commerce parcel carriers, uh, Lasership and OnTrack. You know, they announced last year that they created a nationwide last-mile delivery service, uh, really for online retailers and, and other shippers. So that combined company now moves up to number 27 on the top 100, And, you know, the goal is to build a coast-to-coast final mile delivery network. You know, LaserShip has a, you know, operates primarily in the eastern U.S. And OnTrack has a footprint in the western U.S. And you can combine the two networks to create a national parcel service for e-commerce delivery. And, you know, that's something that we'll watch closely uh, over time. And that's a big change on our list. Two companies that were ranked now combined. And another deal I'd like to highlight is the Uh, Acquisition of Quality Carriers by um, CSX, so a railroad operator. Um, Quality Carriers, of course, is uh, one of North America's largest bulk transporters, and it now operates as a standalone business within CSX. Uh, But Marissa, I'd like to turn it over to you. Are there any other mergers or acquisitions or spinoffs that you'd like to highlight?
2: Yeah, for sure, Seth. Um, I think one big one that was was interesting that closed in January of this year, um, number eight on the list, uh, Schneider, they acquired Midwest Logistics Systems, and that was big for them. They got in that over a 1,000 drivers with 900 tractors um, in 30 central U.S. locations. So I think that really bolsters a huge, that's a huge acquisition there, and I think just really strong for them. Um, number 36, PS Logistics. Um, they acquired a, a smaller company, JLT Services. But for, for a company that's in that mid-range on the list, like I'm saying, um, you know, I think that focus of, of small and steady growth really comes from you know small acquisitions. And I mean, they, they got 32 trucks. But they also got drivers, and in the tight market that we're in, if you've got you know an opportunity to to grab a company and acquire them with with all these assets, um, it's hard to get tractors delivered. It's hard to find drivers, and I think um, that acquisition for them was super smart. Um, another company, you know, Mullen Group, um, they're number fifty-two on the list just this year, but they they've spent. You know, so much money on acquisitions. And I think they're in the double digits for last year in terms of how many companies they've acquired. And they really have rounded out their portfolio with a couple 3PL um, companies. Um, and they also acquired a transportation management system company. Um, so just really getting some proprietary. Um, Software and and rounding out, I think start to finish um, offerings as a whole group. Um, when you can keep it in house, I think you you really can um, just capitalize on profits. And so the acquisitions that I was you know seeing of Mullen Group, they were really smart in, in trying to really cover the basis of any holes that are left in what they offer. So all of those companies, I think you know they were definitely looking to make growth in areas that they didn't maybe have strong strong sectors. so that's kind of what I saw this year.
1: No well, thank you for that. and you know yet again, just a, another year of, of a activity, um, you know, gradually you know changing the you know the playing field in, in the industry. And yes, you, we see some of the big players keep getting bigger, but we also see um, mid-sized companies grow you know, both through acquisition and organically. And, you know, new companies, you know, especially just uh, you know, smaller fleets and have entered the industry as well over the past year with with market conditions being so strong. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that looks as we move deeper into uh, 2022 moving forward. Beyond the top 100, you know, we've been talking mostly about our main top 100 list. You know, we also include several uh, separate industry sector lists that we've referenced a couple times already. You know, we're really trying to rank the largest companies within a specific application, you know, whether it be truckload, LTL, refrigerated, flatbed, intermodal, uh, you know, parcel couriers. Uh, so when you look at the sector list, Marissa, are there any big changes or points of interest that you'd like to discuss as you look them over?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, if we start on the the truckload list, as I've said, you know, I think truckload and de- the dedicated truckload sector was really strong this year. And Cam Transport and Universal Logistics really pushed ahead with um, 40.4% and 37.7% growth, respectively, for the two. And that's just in that sector. So when you start to look at um, just in terms of what they're doing for the truckload and dedicated, um, that that growth is really, really big. And I think um, speaks volumes to what they're doing. Moving into the uh, intermodal and drayage, um, I was talking a bit about IMC companies making those smart acquisitions. Their intermodal and drayage revenue in that sector was up 130% year over year. Though I think really, really reflective on the smart acquisitions they had made in those areas. But Big big growth in intermodal and drayage. I think you see uh, a little more of just stable growth in the LTL and flatbed sectors this year. Um, Mercer Transportation grew um, in the flatbed revenue by seventy three percent to over five hundred twenty eight million. That's strong. And um, RNR Ex- Express, you know, grew over fifty percent as well in flatbed. Uh, I think overall, like we're saying, the year was great. Um, truckload. Really strong intermodal, really strong flatbread. Overall, I think it was the the only sector where I really saw growth that was evenly dispersed amongst almost every company. I will note, uh, in terms of sectors themselves, refrigerated sector didn't do great this year. Uh, I don't really know what's up with that. I did a little looking into the companies. You know, some were good, some were average, but nothing crazy a lot of six percent a lot of you know five percent increases a couple downgrades in terms of you know loss of revenue a little little less this year than last year but besides besides Hirschbach motor lines um, pushing up 23 percent there was very little double-digit growth um, for the top 10 and refrigerated and I think I don't know exactly what that what that says for that market for the last year but if anything I just I think it shows how exaggerated the growth was for some of these other sectors that we saw banner years for.
0: Transport topics in one word. Authoritative. Knowledge. Outstanding. Reliable. We asked Transport Topics readers to describe us in one word. Informative. Informative. Integrity. The Bible. Authoritative. The authority. Transportation information, that's two, but I, I, I gotta have it both. Physically large. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's two words. Visit influence.ttnews.com forward slash say hello to find out what they're talking about.
1: Of course, uh, the, the main uh, value, I think, of of this uh, project each year is the top 100 list and as well as the sector list. But uh, we also designed the publication to, to serve as an annual snapshot of the trucking industry. And you know we've already been discussing a lot of those trends with uh you know workforce development and you know the general business conditions and you know really it's it's an opportunity for us to really explore those trends and and take a step back from the the daily and weekly grind of transport topics to really look at the you know the the, the mega trends and, and the big issues that are altering the business landscape uh for all these companies and you know this year in particular we uh, took some time to look back at how the coronavirus pandemic has changed the trucking industry in ways that have lasted well beyond the initial lockdowns and disruptions um, over the past couple of years. Uh, so examples of that include, you know, the acceleration of uh, e-commerce, you know, e-commerce had been growing for, for years, of course, but, you know, the pandemic just supercharged that trend. You know, we've seen uh, an ongoing reevaluation of supply chains and not just a focus on supply chain efficiency, but also increasingly a focus on supply chain resiliency. Uh, so, as changing of the uh, you know the just in time model a little bit, uh, maybe some uh, manufacturers and uh, retailers and other companies are are considering their supply chains and considering nearshoring or or reshoring uh, as they see some of the disruptions. You know, when you rely on you know trans Pacific trade. Um, and also just the staying power of remote work for office employees, uh, you know, for your back offices, you know, more flexibility and just a change in the expectations there, uh, that we've seen that really across most, much of the economy in many workplaces. Uh, but Marissa, what are some of the other big trends that you see reflected, you know, in this year's publication, you know, when you look back and think about the, you know, the kind of the, the big picture for the trucking industry?
2: Yeah, I think. Big picture overall is, you know, despite all the things getting thrown at the trucking industry, growth is almost inevitable at this point, um, and it has been for, I think, about two years now, really coming out of this. I think suppliers are just looking for consistency in service, and the truckload and dedicated sector those companies are delivering and i think that's why we're seeing such great growth they're pricing themselves right they're they're making the money they're they're able to really provide their drivers with good pay and overall that that strong sector is really what leads i think our top 100 list and then piggybacking off of you know intermodal and drayage there's there's been so many slow ups last year and port port problems both internationally and locally but companies are prepared to face the challenge. They've been up against these challenges for a couple years now, and I think they figured it out. And we're seeing that again, and just revenue growth that is consistent across a lot of companies, pretty much top down on the the top 100. But I mean, honestly, if we're looking at this coming year, I think we, I feel like there might be a cool off. Like you were saying, inflation and uncertainties, Are definitely around the corner, but nonetheless, I think we're still going to see growth. I don't think we're going to see the the forty percent, the hundred percent, but I think we might get back down to a number that is more normal with an average year. You know, that that five to ten percent growth, business still doing well, but um, I think it might piggyback into depending on you know what type of digression the market takes. Um, this might be a coming year for mergers and acquisitions, as maybe some of these small operations slow down and they aren't making as much in revenue. I think that's something that I'd like to keep an eye out for, um, really seeing how that might affect. But I think I think overall we we saw a strong year in in last year. We're going to see another one, but I don't think it's going to be as exciting. If that makes sense.
1: No, it does, and you know I think that's some pretty good guidance, and you know certainly think that. You know, carriers will have will have to uh, you know, defend their rates a little bit, perhaps. You know, if they it'll be important for them to do that because they they've raised these rates uh, in many cases to support driver pay increases. That's not going to go away. That's still very important. Uh, once you do that, you can't go back. So um, that might be the argument that they'll need to to make if some of their shipper customers start to to try to claw back on uh, uh, contract rates. Uh, so that'll be uh, you know part of the conversation moving forward and. And also to your broader point about, you know, the industry really, in a sense, proving itself during all the disruptions, you know, of course, you know, the past couple of years, uh, past year in particular, you know, in 2021, you know, yes, it was a, a you know, great time for business, you know, uh, freight demand was really uh, through the roof as uh, some of that pent up demand got back into the system and uh, just that much more freight to move, but um even though demand was up, uh, so were headaches, right? You know, it's uh, so many more pain points for shippers, so many more disruptions, so many more, you know, the unexpected always happens in transportation, but not on the level that we've seen in the past two years, of course. So, you know, the industry in many ways proved itself by working through those challenges, uh, making sure that they're doing their part to keep goods moving and Even though at times it was painful and difficult, it was also rewarding financially for you know these companies and their employees, and you know hopefully that continues uh, well into this year, into the second half of this year, and beyond. Uh, You know, finally, we've we've spent all this time talking about putting together our top 100 list and some of the uh, industry trends we talk about as we uh, look back at it, but uh, of course, a big component and and, one of the main sort of engines of our top 100 is our, our survey. And, you know, we, we're always in cor- encouraging companies to you know, participate in the project. Uh, we, we send out our annual survey and ask them to share details about their operations, their revenue, equipment count, uh, employee count, and so on. So, you know, again, I just want to encourage any company that's out there that's listening that wants to be on the radar in a publication like this to uh, reach out to us and, you know, you don't have to be the, the biggest company out there, you know, we do publish data on quite a few mid-sized companies uh, in our sector lists. So you don't necessarily have to be a, a huge organization to potentially qualify for a spot on one of those, those sector rankings. So with that, uh, Marissa, just uh, maybe just take us through how companies can get involved, you know. So if you're interested, how can you participate in next year's top 100 project if you haven't already, uh, if you're not already doing so?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think the, the biggest part is to be a little proactive out there. Um, we really do rely, as you know, as you're saying, we rely on, on companies to be, um, be giving of their information. So, um, if you want, you know, reach out to us online at Transport Topics, um, and, you know, ttnews.com, we'll always have a posting on our homepage when a survey is out and ready. So I'd say be for the top 100, be active in the months of you know May, looking for that information. You can always reach out to me at mgamash at ttnews.com. Um, I'm more than happy to get you on our list. Also, you know we we have newsletters. Um, if you subscribe to our newsletters, we'll 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 start posting on there the survey as uh, as the time comes, so that you can get on there, um, get updated with us. Um, be sure that your profile is updated. Um, and also, you know, we're on social media, so so take a look. We'll we'll post the survey on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on our LinkedIn, um, in hopes to be sure that no one is left out. Because yeah, it definitely helps us have an all-encompassing view. And you know, if if we do miss you, um, there's always an opportunity to to get in next year. Um, I think we we find a lot of times companies realize kind of after the fact. Oh, now that I've heard about it. Let's be sure that we're on the calendar for next year. So just just reach out, be in communication. You know, I, I, we appreciate all the company's help. I think we also really appreciate the help that we get. Um, for our LTL list, SJ Consulting has, you know, helped us with estimates for both that and the top 100, and we've used um, information for our, our mail sector from Colhane Meadows. That's just been really important. So, it kind of takes a village to put this together, but get in touch with us, and we'll be sure that you get the news when you need it.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, Marissa, you shoulder the the lion's share of the the data part of this project. So, thank you as well for all the work that. Uh, Uh, goes into this project. It is, uh, you know, a a massive undertaking each year. It's probably the most complex and well, it is the most complex and and, uh, detailed project that we produce each year at Transport Topics. So thank you for that. And and thanks for joining the podcast and, you know, sharing some of your insights uh, on how it all comes together. You know, like I said, this is one of our big, biggest projects each year, so it, it always feels great to, to see it all come together in the end.
2: Yeah, of course. No, I appreciate it. It's, it's always fun. It uh, definitely keeps us busy, but I, I'm so happy to be a part of it and uh, appreciate working together to uh, get it to the finish line. It's been great. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open Transport Topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics.
1: So we hope you've enjoyed this in-depth look at Transport Topic's 2022 Top 100 for Hire Carriers list. And as a reminder, yet again, uh, you can view the entire Top 100 and Sector Lists online at ttnews.com. And of course, if you're a Transport Topics subscriber, you already have a hard copy packaged with the June 20th issue of TT. So later this year, we'll present additional episodes of our Inside the List series as we produce the rest of our annual Top 100 and Top 50 publications. The next one up will be our Top 100 Private Carriers list in August. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Signs team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And of course, we'll be back in two weeks with a fresh episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening.